Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the Happy Scientist Podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bite Size Bio. And welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist, you're in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com, where we provide bioscience researchers with help with improving their technical skills, their soft skills and their well-being. And in this podcast, we'll be focusing on the latter of these three areas. With me, the driving force of this podcast is Kenneth Vogt. I've worked with Ken for over seven years now with him being my business mentor and colleague, and I, know, I knew that his expertise could help a lot of researchers. In these sessions, we will hear mostly from Ken on principles that will shape you for a happier and more successful career. Along the way, I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. So let's bring in the man himself. Ken, how are things for you today? Doing great, Nick. Thanks for having me. So uh, we're gonna be finishing up our third session on the six human needs you must satisfy to be productive and happy. And you may recall that we've, we covered two per session in the last two sessions. We're gonna, we're gonna get the last two to round it up to six. And just to remind you what this is all about, the human animal has its needs. And so while we're all different as individuals, we still have the same basic mix of needs. Everybody has them. Everybody has to satisfy them, and if you don't satisfy them, you're going to have problems. <laughs> However, if you do satisfy them, you can really accomplish a great deal, and you can be very, very satisfied in, in your job, in your career. You can find a totally different experience just by making sure that these human needs are met. Now, and another way, oh, another, another way to look at that is that uh, if you are having a problem, it's because you're not satisfying all of these needs. So again, that's another, this is another way to, one of Ken's many ways to help you to address what's happening in your life and understand it and tackle it. Sure. And of course, since your fellows are also humans, the people that you're dealing with every day, the people you work with, the people you work for, the people that work for you, and everybody else in your world, they have these same needs too. So you're going to start to see patterns out there in the world and you'll recognize where things are going wrong for people, where things are going right for them, and how you can how you can implement things to make things better for people. And you know, it isn't just about being altruistic. It can it's it's just a, a matter of recognizing that hey, if something is not working for this other person, it's, it likely will get on me too. So if the if the barista is having a bad day, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a bad latte. <laughs> So if there's something that you can do about that, it can be 
very much in your in your own interests. Uh, but then, of course, obviously you can spread the love out to the rest of the world and people won't know why, but they'll just like you more because you're bringing the joy to them all the time. Just because you're seeing the patterns here that everybody goes through. So I will remind you then about how these six human needs work. There are basically three concentric circles of needs. And we start with the personal needs things that are just about you. And within that category, there's an inward focus and an outward focus. So when we were looking at your personal needs with an inward focus, we said there's certainty. Everybody needs certainty. It's the need for reliability, safety, and comfort, which we talked about extensively in the first session. And then of course, if you take your personal context and you look outward, next you get to variety, that is the need for physical, mental, and emotional stimulation. Now, if we move the context out to one circle out, we get to a group context. And there we're talking about you coupled with the people you're closest to. And that might be family members or friends or the people you work with most closely. And if you have an inward focus in that context, the thing that matters is significance. That is the need to feel special, important, and attention worthy. If we take that group context and turn it outward, well now we're looking for love and connection. That is the need for love of family and friends, to be connected to people, events, and things. So significance and love and connection, we talked about that in the last session. But now, there's one more ring to move out. That is the universal context. That is you coupled with anyone you might encounter in the whole world, you know, not just the people you're closest to. And again, we're gonna find there's, a, there's an inward focus and there's an outward focus. And as we've gone out in these concentric circles from personal to group to universal, they get stronger and more powerful and more um, uh, more sophisticated, you might say. So while everyone has all of these, as people grow and as they learn and as they gain experience, they tend to put their focus more farther out as they go. And you might think as, as we've talked about these things, if you felt like, man, I just have this aching need for certainty, does it mean I've gone back to being childish? Like, no, no. Uh, something probably happened in your world where certainty was taken away and you want to fill that need because everybody has them all. Um, but still, you're going to find as as you grow, you're going to tend to move outward on this with, with forays back in on occasion. Now, some of you have been listening to these things and thought certainty, variety, significance, connection. Yeah, those are all fine, but I haven't really felt my sweet spot yet. I haven't felt that thing that just gets me out of bed in the morning, that thing that is feeding my purpose in life yet. <clears throat> You're about to hear them. <laughs> that's, that's what this universal context is gonna be about. So if we're in a universal context and we're looking inward, the, the human need that you're gonna be looking at is for growth. That is the need to learn, develop, and expand. And 
you probably met that somewhere. You know, you, you didn't meet that as a small child. When you first got focused on growth, it was probably in school. When you started to realize, I can excel at this. I can, I can really expand who I am. I can really learn a great deal. And, and learning becomes a joy. And you become a sponge and it's just, you just can't get enough. Yeah, I want more, I want more, I want more. I want, I want to change my thinking and all this. I want, to, I want my context to change so that I can grasp everything. And of course, if you have that, that desire deeply honed, you can learn a great deal. And it's a good thing because, you know, in the scientific field, there's a lot to learn. And you really can't get to that level if you don't, if you don't focus on filling this need for growth. And it, it's not necessarily in terms of just um, academic things. You may feel a need, I need to grow in reference to interpersonal relationships. You know, I need to grow socially. I need to understand I need to understand how people think. I need to understand what group context is all about. I, I need to understand the dynamics of the of the corporate structure. Uh, I need to understand uh, how to fulfill um, how to how to fulfill the group the group need, <laughs> if we put it that way. And when at a certain point in your life, when you're just worried about things like like certainty and, and variety, it's like eh, you know, that's that's pretty complex. But when complexity becomes a natural and normal part of your world, this notion of growth becomes more and more important. And so it's I would say Ken, it's not kind of exclusive though, is it? It's not that uh, you only start thinking about growth once you're uh, once certainty. Uh, and variety are, um, are, you know, that bucket's full for you. Uh, just that there, there will be become more uh, emphasis on it. I would guess. Um, That's right. Uh, one way, I mean, one way I'm, I would look at that, uh, the the about being open to growth. It's just being open to improve yourself, and and you can you can look around you and you can see people who don't try to improve. Um, either any areas of their life or certain areas of their life uh, versus the people who actively try to improve their um, uh, improve in different areas. But I guess that what you're saying here is that as those more basic needs become fulfilled, then the emphasis moves towards um, towards growth more and more. And so you grow more and more quickly. Is that, that the idea? Exactly. It's kind of like the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, it's hard to worry about self-actualization when you're starving, you know, when you're cold and you're in danger. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to look at the more basic things first. But once those are satisfied, you're going to realize I'm still, I still have more that I need. And when you get to this level, <laughs> growth, is, growth is what's coming next. And so, would it be fair to say that that if you you know when you see these people uh, who look like they are just flying and they can do no wrong and so on, is it perhaps because they've allowed themselves more space for growth because they've they've, they've addressed these more basic needs? Exactly. If if you're already feeling satisfied, you know, you got enough ground under your feet to feel certain, and you got enough going on that you have variety, and you have people that are making you feel significant, and you're feeling connected to folks. When that stuff's taken care of, 
now now you've got room for this now now you can you can start to to spread your wings a bit more so if you're um if you're looking at this in terms of growth you know i i, I would love to be able to do that but i can't then then i don't it feels out of my reach rather then mm-hmm. the, the 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 step the, the first step would not be to try and force yourself into more growth it's to step back and take a look at those more basic needs and then allow the growth later so yeah so you can imagine a situation where you're let's go back to let's, let's harken back to to university and you're you're struggling with with a new class and i mean it's really a class that's really stretching you so you're going to have to grow to get into it but then you realize, well, you know, first I gotta, I gotta make peace with my girlfriend. We've been having trouble. So, yeah, exactly. That's what's going on. Or first I've gotta, first I gotta, I gotta get my my housing um, secured because it's it's up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. You will not. You will have trouble growing, in, even if your desire is to grow when you have these other needs that are you know that are remaining unfulfilled. <laughs> That's interesting because I am going to hate myself for saying this because as you know I I, I like uh, don't really like routine and things like that but this is where you know routine brings certainty um, routine can bring variety if you put variety in the routine and things and make sure you get it on, on a systematic level but that's where things like real self discipline or growing real self discipline then allows you to have the room to focus on growth. Sure. Yeah. And you know the the outcome of growth is is really fantastic. Mm. You you it's not just that you learn more. I mean that's that's really the simplistic part of it. You become more mindful. You become more aware when as you're growing. And that is a tremendous thing and uh, I thought that was kind of a woo-woo concept until one day I was listening to Ira Flato on on Science Friday on NPR. And he launched into this thing on mindfulness and how it had become all the rage among, you know, the intelligentsia and the scientific community. And, and I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Um, and and it makes sense because talk about a business where where your mind really matters. Well, you know, mindfulness is going to you're going to have great opportunity there. That's where those eureka moments come from, when you are just completely in the moment. You're 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 focused. You're in it, and then something expansive happens, and your whole world changes. Uh, an analogy I like to use is is that we we live our lives as as if we are contained within concentric crystal spheres. So imagine you're in in these concentric crystal spheres, you can only see the one that you can touch. The ones outside of that, I mean, they're, they're crystal spheres, they're, they're see-through, you can't see them. But if you break out of the one you're in now and expand out to the next one, well now your whole world just got bigger. And that's the, that's the beauty of growth. And you know, it can be growth in a technical sense in that you can just become more erudite about something that you're working with. But uh, you know, growth can take on many, many, many forms. So it's you don't have to just measure yourselves by how how well you did on the test, as it were. And in uh, fact, if you do that, then you're missing out on so much more growth. Yeah. 
I mean, indeed. If indeed. you're just focusing on one aspect of yourself, it literally is growth in every direction. Any any barriers you, you feel for yourself, any inhibitions, any areas of lack of knowledge or experience, it's, a, it's, it's anything goes. Exactly. And it's about making connections too. Because just if you know fact A and fact B, that's great. But if you realize there's a relationship between fact A and fact B, now we've gone beyond just knowledge. Now we're, we're moving into wisdom where you're starting to make connections between things and you're starting to see application. And of course, uh, again, in the scientific field, I, I know that a lot of you are doing basic research, but there's still application even at that level. And, and as we move out from there, application becomes the, the main point. So being able to do that, to have that kind of growth is going to, is going to expand your career. It's going to expand your usefulness in the lab, your usefulness to your, your coworkers and to your boss and to your company. Even on a very practical level, in, in the job of being a scientist, it's, pro, it's possible to be closed and to not allow you, it's not possible, it's, it's common to be closed in certain areas and to, uh, to not allow yourself growth. For example, you go into the, uh, and just correct me if I'm going off the track here, Ken, but if you go into the lab and you, you consider yourself as a very um, good at techniques, for example, good at picking up techniques and doing the practical stuff, but you consider yourself as not very good at being organized, for example. But if you close yourself off and just assume that you're not organized and you don't try and grow in that area, you don't try and work at that to grow that muscle, then you're missing out on so much because those the, the, the technical ability and the organization ability, for just to give two examples, those feed into each other and make you more rounded and actually a, a calmer person, for example, because you're not scrambling around. It makes you better at your job and just spirals everything upwards. Sure, that's, that's an excellent application of this. And it, it points to something that, that from those of us looking from the outside in, when we look at you scientists and we think scientist is a scientist, but you of course recognize, well, there's a vast difference between a biologist and a chemist. Whereas for the average layman, they may think that's all the same language, but you know that you have to work at that. You know, if you're a biologist, you still need to know some chemistry. <laughs> if you're a chemist, you sure would be benefited by knowing some biology. Um, so you have to, sometimes you have to work at that growth. It isn't just that, oh, the, this is the calling of my soul to, to learn this. It's like, no, I better know this because it's going to be important. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we take on that, that more uh, uh, adult form of seeking our needs, not just seeking our, our selfish, basic, you know, childlike needs but realizing that I have needs as an adult that I'm going to have to satisfy yep. it's something you just said too Nick that made me think about how you know when you're not meeting your growth needs and that is if you're feeling worried or anxious or if you're feeling apathetic about things there's, there's, that's a, those are signals that your need for growth are not being met and <laughs> And it's not the automatic place you'd go. You'd think if my needs for growth aren't being met, I'll be frustrated by, by my lack of knowledge. Or uh, no, it's it's going to be the I don't know. It's just just this underlying. I don't get what's going on here. I, I something is missing. I'm, or something's I, not settled. Yeah. 
yeah. again, I think that example I gave there between someone who doesn't allow themselves to grow in one area that's important, like organizational skills, that creates a constant kind of nagging sort of uh, doubt that, you know, you, you always feel like you have to um, remember where everything is because you didn't put in a system to, to tell you where everything is, for example. And so that's just a drag because you always feel tense about that. I don't know if that, that's exactly what you mean, but that's to me, that, that is one example of how you create a drag for yourself by just not addressing, you know, by refusing to grow in an area, not being opening to grow, open to grow in an area. Right, and it can become egotistical. Like, you know, I shouldn't have to be this organized. You know, I should be able to hold all this in my head. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you got to get over that sometimes. You get, you just have to recognize that you've, you've hit a limit somewhere. And it doesn't matter if you're thinking other people can hold it all in their head. Why can't I? If you can't, if you can't, don't worry about it. Develop a system that will, will solve that problem for you. We all have our limitations and we all have our blind sides. And that is the perfect place to look for growth because there are some things that you just have as a, as a natural talent. It was just baked in when, when you arrived. And that's not particularly anything to be proud of. If it's something you're not having to work at, big deal. But if you have to work at something just to get to the basic level of competence, now that's something to have some healthy self-esteem about. I had to work at being organized or I had to work at you know being more visually aware. I had to work at listening harder or I, you know, whatever it was. I had to work at getting that six pack. It's the same principle. <laughs> exactly. I don't have a yeah. six pack, but I do. But just for someone who did, <laughs> I do. It's underneath three three inches of fat. Okay, there is that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is. Don't be afraid to see that you have weak spots. There, there are things that you can't that you can't do as easily as others. Fine. The, the reverse is also true, you know. And again, if you're worried about that, you're thinking about significance. <laughs> yeah, I, and so, so I guess one message that's that's important to get across here is that they were not talking about perfection. It's not that that's a pressure you can put yourself under. Is if you start becoming aware of the areas where you are, you know, you you think you could become better, and you start forcing it for yourself, then that that in it in itself in itself drive anxiety. I think what you're talking about here is allowing a natural expansion by just paying attention to things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this goes to point out something too about growth. Growth can be a very um, structured and organized thing, you know, like taking a class, but some growth is happening organically. And it's just, you just gotta get out of the way and allow it to happen. Um, and you'll see opportunities. And so if you see an opportunity, then take it. And recognize when things are working for you and when things are not working for you. And, and we've talked about this in, uh, in other episodes and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, in the future. There are systems out there that are great for certain types of people that would be terrible for another person. So, you know, keep looking for the stuff that will work for you. You know, if you like to, if, if you need to get things by reading them, well, by all means, read. If you need to hear them, well, then get on YouTube. And, and you know, and listen to lectures. Sure. It, you know, it, we, we all have our, our. If you need to put your hands on things to learn things, well, then do that. 
you know, find find the thing that works for you. And and don't worry about it if hey, nobody else has to do it this way. So what? You know, <laughs> Tesla did things his own way. Edison yeah. did things his own way. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. I mean, one one thing that occurs to me, Ken, as you're talking about this, is that um, a lot of the times, what's happening when you are when you're growing is that you're in a situation where it is actually painful or uncomfortable, and oh, yeah. um, and you have to allow that. For example, you know, do, for, P, doing a PhD, for example, is a good ex, is a good example because it's it's a very intense situation for a few years, and um, but it does bring about a lot of growth. It forces you to to be in situations that would be out with your comfort zone. I just said out with. That's a, a Scottish word that I'm told no one outside Scotland uses. So, but anyway, um, it, 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 a PhD forces you to be in situations uh, that aren't within your comfort zone, and uh, and that's why it's a growth experience. But it's, it can also be painful. But being being aware that when you are being kind of crushed in a situation like that it, it's not a bad thing it's it's um it's actually galvanizing you to move to the next level and not resisting that or avoiding that situation is is one of the keys to growth is that right exactly exactly i got caught between exactly and excellent <laughs> <laughs> that's an american thing yeah, I, was trying, <laughs> I was trying to think of the scottish word for that but no, I <laughs> so yeah it Recognizing that you have a need for growth too is can be eye-opening for people. They might have realized some of these other things, like you know, certainty and variety is pretty obvious, it seems, and significance and 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 connection. But there's there's something aching, something missing, and then you realize, yeah, I'm trying to fill a hole here, not because anything is wrong, but because I just want more. I I, I want to see a bigger world. I want to understand more. Uh, more of what's going on in the world and and that's what growth is all about growth is very satisfying in that regard in that it will it'll it'll get you past feeling afraid and feeling alone and feeling uncertain it, it, there's a there's a glory in it that 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 wow I just I just got it you know I, I just got something bigger and now I can now I see the where the horizon is and I know there's stuff on the other side of that horizon because I've I've run toward the horizon before and seen that there's more and more. So it, it becomes a habit then. It, and it may well be a habit that you developed a long time ago, but you never put a never had a label to put on it, never never saw a structure for it. So this is again, well these six human needs here are are just a, an artifice. They're, they're just a way of looking at this. And these six needs are not the end-all be-all, but they're a pretty good set that will cover almost all of everything you need and give you an answer in any given moment so that you can 
remember this stuff and in any situation go when something's not working okay let me just hit the list ding 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 aha there's the one you know yeah <laughs> um you know and so probably a good time to remind people that the um the, uh, the graphic that we have that covers all of those uh, six human needs um and kind of maps them out for you is available on the show notes uh, for this podcast which you can find at bitesizebio.com slash podcasts and uh this is episode three, so you can find the show notes on, on episode three. And uh, what else was I going to say? We, we should probably move on to the to the next human need, but I just wanted to ask one more thing, Ken, yes. about growth. And that is what about the role of frustration in this, in that you mentioned about, I, I, I think there are plenty of people around who want to see a bigger world uh, or more, see more of the world or be more, but they feel frustrated because they can't perceive how to make that step. What would you say there? Okay, well, first thing I would say is congratulations on, <laughs> on achieving the step of frustration because that means you are ready to move. Um, <laughs> so you've got now you've got incentive. Now you've got some drive here to do something about it. So that, that's the first thing. One thing about frustration, though, is sometimes it's associated with time, and that is I want it now. Yep. Well, it may not be available just now. You may have to you may have to be a bit patient but the thing about frustration frustration shows that you are it shows on, on a positive side that you're desiring something but on a negative side it's showing that you're demanding that that reality be different than it is mm. and you don't get to do that reality reality is very unforgiving <laughs> it is going to be what it's going to be and so that that's i guess where um the much uh, overused phrase of about be be grateful for what you have comes in, I guess. Exactly. Because that, that yeah. gives you peace with gratitude what you have is, at the moment. Yeah. yeah, gratitude is is the perfect solution to frustration. So in any given moment, you're going to have those things where like, I don't have a solution. It's like, okay, well, I'm grateful for what I do have. And I'm grateful for I have awareness of the problem now. Because that's a, that is a leap forward that we often don't give credit to. We th there's always this process where everything is the way it is supposed to be, and then you realize something has to change. And the first part of that is realizing what's wrong, and that's the part we all hate because all we know right now is there's a problem and we have no solutions, um, and it's the scariest time. But recognizing there's a problem is absolutely required before there can be a solution. Without recognizing the problem and fully investigating the problem and fully fleshing out the problem, you can't get the solution. So when you're in that state where something is wrong and you're frustrated, this is your opportunity to take that time to examine and really get clear, really get clear on the problem. And don't look for solutions yet. First, really truly identify the problem. Once you fully did that, one, you're gonna feel a little less frustrated because you're gonna be clearer part of that frustration is fear of the unknown. Well, you're going to have less yeah. unknowns now. And then once you have a clear picture of the problem, then it'll be much easier to to find solutions. And you'll find your creativity is, is greatly enhanced because you bothered with that step of fully developing the problem. I, I saw a quote from was it one of the Monty Python guys um, talking about, was it, I think it was John Cleese, talking about creativity is, is not a skill, 
It's just about being open. And the way that you, this is one of the ways you can open up is by um, uh, moving from uh, into gratitude for what you have, relaxes everything, then you can see solutions much more clearly. Jean Cleese is one of the great sages of our age. <laughs> Seriously. In so many ways. <laughs> Aside from being hilarious, that man is, he's on it. He, he really is. So we have one more human need, the final one. It's in that, that universal context. Now we're going to take our focus and turn it outward. And that is for contribution. Contribution is the need to contribute beyond oneself. So it, it, it makes sense. This is a natural follower to growth because in growth, you learn a bunch of things. Now that you've learned a bunch of things, now you want to share them with everybody. Now that you want to take them out to the world. And I mean, there's so much about science that is about contribution. And it is the ultimate, it's the end game that this is the point where whatever we've done we now have something to benefit everybody else, to benefit the world, to benefit mankind. So contribution um, will, will do a lot of things for you. It'll, it'll make you recognize real satisfaction. It'll give you great confidence because you know you're making the world a better place. Then there's no more enjoyment than this. And when I say enjoyment, I'm, I want to use the, look at the root word of that, joy. <laughs> um, how often have you associated the word joy with your career and with your job and with science in general, you know, the lab. Well, there's no reason not to. You can actually have all that and it will come from contribution. Um, the, the thing I have observed, you know, I, I, I work, I've worked with a lot of, of executives over the years and I have a program that they go through and there's some testing that they do to see where they're at on their human needs and which ones are really calling to them. And I've noticed a pattern of the, the people that are excelling the most that their primary need will be contribution and their secondary need will be growth out of all the six. So those will be the ones that they hit on the most. And then it'll flip and you think, what happened? They regressed, now growth is more important than contribution. Well, no, what happened was they contributed everything they could. And then they realized, if I'm gonna to continue to contribute, I need to grow more. So then they focus back on growing some more for a while until they've, until they've you know, refilled their tank and then they go back out into contribution mode. And the same thing can certainly happen for scientists in the lab. This is, this is really the, where, where you're headed. It's, it's, it's what makes all of this work. <laughs> all of the hard work and all of the the, the hard thinking and everything you've had to do gets the payoff here. So one of the things you can look for too is like when how to know you're not hitting the buttons on contribution is are you feeling doubt? Uh, are you feeling timidity? Are you feeling dissatisfaction? Um, are you finding yourself being negligent? And just you know, just not doing your best, not, not, not taking care of business. Well, that's that's all signals that you're you're not paying attention to your need for contribution. And so, in that case, what what should someone do if they feel if some if someone in that moment says, "Yeah, okay, I, I I'm in a malaise. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling in a slump. 
I'm not paying taking care of business. What what is a step they can take then? Okay. Well, the first thing I would look for there is again do that do a fearless inventory of your human needs and say what what's going wrong here? You know what's what's missing? Because it may well be that one of the one of the lower planks is kind of been kicked out from under you and you can't contribute right now because you're lacking variety because you're bored stiff you know you can't get anywhere or you're having connection problems you're not you know there's working relationship problems or or other things going on uh, you know you find that but you may find you're looking at it going all of them are there i've i've got certainty i've got variety i've got significance i've got connection i've got growth and yet i'm dissatisfied here in contribution and it may well just be focus. Maybe now it's time to say, okay, I have tooled up for this. I have, you know, I've I have prepared for the race. The starting gun is about to fire. It's time for me, time for me to put my head in the race. And so again, it's it, there's three areas that we can pay attention to. Focus is, is one of them. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the things you can do to contribute or are you focusing on extraneous details that don't matter or unimportant things? Another thing you can pay attention to is your language. And that is what you're saying out loud, but also what you're saying in your head. You know, are, are you talking in such a way that, that you're, you're being restrictive? That, well, I, you know, I can't do this or, or I don't have anything to offer or, uh, you know, I'm unprepared. Pay attention to that language because that can tell you a lot about what's going on. You know, maybe in some cases the language is accurate. Yeah, you are unprepared. Well, then get prepared. <laughs> but if it's, I don't have anything to offer, you may realize that's just not true. It's just not true. I, I've been telling myself that or other people have told me that, but they were wrong. <laughs> so, and again, getting clear about that. And another thing is physiology. And this is one that people don't often think of. But think about... If you are feeling depressed and insecure, what physical what physical posture do you take? And, and we all do the same things. It's like it's the head slumps down, the shoulders roll forward, and we and we weaken our 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 um, you know, our core muscles. Everybody does it the same way. It is the same physiology all the time for that. And, and we can all say it because we can look at other people and see it. We see physically on somebody, that person looks depressed. That person looks confident. That person looks angry. That person looks intrigued. We know because it's the same set of stuff and we do the same set of stuff. Now, there's two ways to do this. One is that you, you think about what you want to be and then you do the physiology. The other is... You, you pay attention to what physiology am I exhibiting right now, and that'll tell you what's going on. And you may find that there are subtle changes that can be made, that, that a difference between afraid and excited, you may find there's a lot of crossover there, and all you gotta do is change one thing. And you can just check in with yourself. If I'm excited, how do I, how do I hold my body? How does my body act? Where do I draw, draw attention to? You know, if I'm excited, is is that something I feel in my stomach? Is that something I feel in my head? Um, you know, where do I feel it? And you will start to see the difference. So in, in reference to, to, to contribution, if you want to get out of something, look at what do I do when I'm being doubtful versus what do I do when I'm being confident? 
You know, how do I hold myself? What's different? And and you're gonna find it's little things, and it's gonna be, you know, if I just pull my shoulders back a half inch, my confidence level goes up. If I just hold my head up a half inch higher, my confidence level goes up. Find out what the formula is for you. And you know, this is not a, some big long study. This is this is a uh, a little experiment you can do for yourself in two three minutes, and you'll know. And don't give into it because we've a lot of us we have a pattern of you know of dissatisfaction or a pattern of depression that, and I'm not talking about people that are, you know that are, have a clinical problem with it. I'm talking about the, the the average garden variety stuff. But we we developed a pattern, and it's just comfortable. It's just easy. It's familiar because it's certainty. I know how this works. I know how to act depressed. And when you find yourself real, you know, the physiology for it that you're doing and you realize, okay, what I got to do is I got to stop slumping in my chair. I just got to sit up a little. And it's like, no, I don't want to sit up, you know? <laughs> and you realize, wow, there's a, there is just a, a, a snotty little baby in here. That, that, sitting up's not that hard. I can do that. Okay, I'll sit up, you know? And when you do, you 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 feel it fighting against it. like oh I can't hold on to my depression now it's not, this is it's not the right format you know so recognize that you have these these tools that you can use you can use your physiology you can use your language you can use your focus and I don't care what's going on you can change the circumstance or at least how you're experiencing the circumstance I guess we could have a a whole episode on that uh, focus language physiology checklists too <laughs> i think there's a lot yes it's quite, the, our, it's quite our, our editor listen carefully put that on the list we're gonna have to have a podcast on that <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it's a it, maybe this is a good point to just remind people that what we're talking about here is possibly quite new to to most people that are as my dog goes crazy downstairs uh I, it's possibly quite uh, new to a lot of people um, it's certainly very meaty and it's a lot to get your head around. Um, it's not, it's probably not, at least I found it's not something that you can absorb in one pass. So, you know, maybe for one uh, approach is to uh, listen to these podcasts more than once if this is something that interests you. But also we will be diving deeper uh, into, um, into various aspects of this uh, in the Happy Scientist Club uh, website. Uh, fit, sorry, Facebook page, uh, which is at facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club, all one word, lowercase. Um, so go and, go there and uh, and join us. And if you're interested in this and we'll be diving deeper and looking at this from all sorts of different angles, that helps you to absorb it. It's not the sort of thing that, um, as I said, sinks in one go. This is kind of a kind of a lifetime's work to get better and better at this. Yes, but a lifetime well spent. Absolutely, <laughs> and and that's not to say you don't get immediate benefits from from start starting to look at things in this way in these ways. But um, it's certainly there's uh, almost infinite possibility for improvement. That's right. So I'd say that's a wrap for uh, this episode. We've covered the six human needs, and you know, be sure and visit the Facebook page to. And, and the the podcast notes to to see the graphics on this, so you you'll always remember these things now. Remember certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth, contribution. 
You can remember that. You can hold that in your head and watch for that stuff in the world. Watch for when it's working and when it's not, and you'll know what it's going to take for you to be a happy scientist. Right. And get the Cliff Notes version at bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts. Uh, look into the highest, the happy scientist section and find uh, this one, episode four. I think I said episode three earlier. This is episode three. This is episode three. Okay, this is I'm the, the disorganized one around here. Um, this is, so look for episode three, and in the show notes you'll find a graphic that explains, or or that at least outlines all of these six human needs and how they relate to each other, uh, and you should find that helpful. And then obviously head head over to the Happy Scientist Club Facebook page, um, where we'll be diving into things more deeply. So I think that's a wrap for today. Thank you again, Ken. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.